what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Before you were born, God laid the compass on your life. He set out the course. What God has laid out for every single human being, what God has predestined for your life is absolutely the best life that a human being can have. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 12 beginning with verse 7. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom. And gave to thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and has taken his wife to be thy wife, and has slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching for just a few minutes. Predestination. And the grace of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, this morning there are many questions. There are many needs. Questions, Lord, that only you can answer. Needs, O God, that only you can meet. Lord, today I only have words. Those words can do very little. Lord, you can do everything. And I ask for your anointing today. Help me, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth. Anoint your people to hear and receive. Lord, that the questions might be answered. Lord, that the needs will be met. That your people will be drawn closer to you. And Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And amen. I realized this morning that the title of my message raises red flags. So let me do away with the red flags right to start with. When I say predestination, some seem to think that God predestined some people to go to heaven and he predestined some people to go to hell. 
And my friend, that is simply not the case. Salvation is a choice. And God will never violate your free will of choice. If you're listening to me today, and you end up in eternal hell, it won't be because God placed you there. It'll be because you made the choice and rejected Jesus Christ as your Savior. Matter of fact, it is God's will for everyone to go to heaven. And He has done all that He can do. He has bankrupt heaven in order to save your soul. And God will deal with you. He will convict you of sin. He will stir you, pull you, work with you. He'll even call situations behind the scenes to get your attention, to bring you to your knees so that you will look up to God. And He'll work with you. But God will never violate your free will of choice. You decide, heaven or hell, which will it be? When I say predestination, what exactly am I talking about? I'm talking about a God that knows everything. From eternity past, right on into eternity future, our minds can't even begin to comprehend that. Dana, if you will, pull it up on the screen, Psalm 139. God knew you before you were even born. He knew what you were going to do. He knew your thoughts from afar off. He knew you were going to play the fool. Good God of mercy, help us. Some of us just climbed Fool's Mountain. And we fell off the cliff and we hit every rock, tree, stump, all the way down. Nothing catches God by surprise. And you playing the fool or climbing Fool's Mountain, that didn't catch God by surprise. He knew you from the very foundation of the world. He knew you were going to sin. He knew you were going to fail God. And it was determined by the Godhead before the foundation of the world that He would send His Son into this world to die for your sins. And it was predestined that God would make a way for you to come to that point to where you would make a decision to either accept Christ or reject Christ. Let's look at it. Psalm 139 verse 1. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought from afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down. Look at that right there, if you will, please. Thou compassed my path and my lying down. Before you were born, God laid the compass on your life. 
He set out the course that he wanted you to follow. And let me say this before I go any further. What God has laid out for every single human being, what God has predestined for your life, is absolutely the best life that a human being can have. But like I said, he knew we were going to play the fool. And he took all that into account. He said, let's look at it again, Thou compassed my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast set me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. God has great and mighty, wonderful things in store for every single human being. Okay? And I want you to get that. Understand that. Maybe you need to say it with me. God's got good things for me. God's got good things for me. He ain't got nothing bad for you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain unto it. Move down, if you will, to verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was wrought in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all thy members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them." God has instilled in every single one of us the substance, that which was needed in order for you to fulfill God's will and plan in your life. Everything you need is there. But wait a minute. He said the substance was there, but it was unperfect. Unperfect. The unperfect situation, it's not that God created something unperfect. The idea is it's not been put together. They're pieces. And it's not been put together. And let me tell you something. When you try to put it together on your own, we make a mess. How many of you? have been to Walmart and bought a piece of furniture there. The picture looks great. But you don't get it looking like the picture to start with. It comes in a little bitty box about yay big. And you open it up 
and it's got all these parts and pieces in there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You open it up and you lay it out all over the floor. Now, there are some good-looking pieces there. I mean, they look great. They came from the manufacturer, and believe me, they know what they're doing. But they some funny-looking pieces in there, and you're like, what in the world is that thing? And you can't figure it out. So you commenced to start putting this thing together, but guess what? You didn't read the instruction manual. And if you'd have read the instruction manual, it says all you need is a screwdriver and a hammer and maybe a pair of pliers. But here you are trying to put something together. You got the skill saw involved. You got a tape measure involved. You got drills. Oh, some of you are laughing mighty hard. I hate to see what your husband made. And you put this thing together, and it's wopsided. And your wife is looking at you, and you know something ain't right, but you're just hoping she won't notice that book you've got shoved up under the corner to try to make it level and make it right. And you know there's something wrong because half the stuff that came in the box is in the trash can. You know something ain't right with this picture. So then after you done gone through all of this and you done cut pieces, then you decided, ding, I think I'll read the instruction manual. Oh, that's where that piece goes. That's what that was for. My point is this, the substance that God has instilled in every one of us is in a state of unperfect. When we try to take control of the reins and we try to put it together, we make a mess of things. And there are gifts and talents that God has given every one of us. And just because we don't know what it's for, and we can't figure out exactly where it's supposed to go, a lot of gifts and talents get thrown away and wasted. And you know what? The church misses out on it. And the very part you throw it away is a very integral part that holds everything together. And that's why your life is falling apart. Because you've tried to put something together without reading the instruction manual. That's why your life is all wopsided. And it's not holding anything. It, it continuously keeps falling apart. Every time you put a book up there, the shelf keeps falling. How? Do I come to realize what God has got predestined for my life? First of all, you give Him the reins of your heart. That's number one. You give the Lord the reins of your heart. You let Him call the shots. You cannot come to realize what God has predestined for you unless you first get saved. That has to happen. Once you get saved, that's point number one. Point number two, you've got to continue maintaining your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. 
Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Deny whatever it is that you're trusting in to try to save you. Deny all of those self-efforts. Take up the cross daily and follow me. Put your faith in the finished work of Christ on a daily basis. And then follow me. That's point number three. You need to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. And stop walking after the flesh and start walking after the Spirit. And as you walk after the Spirit, you'll begin to read the Word of God. You'll begin to develop a prayer life. You'll start coming to church like you're supposed to and fasting. And the list goes on and on and on. And these disciplines will become paramount in your life. And they have their place and their purpose but I'm going to tell you why a lot of Christians miss out on what God has got predestined for them it's because they're lukewarm they're apathetic toward the things of God the cares of this life that ball game coming on tonight is more important than the word of God Your consecration, your dedication is not there as it ought to be. We cut ourselves short on what God's got for us. Because we care too much about worldly, temporary things than we do the things that are eternal. We spend entirely too much time on worldly things than we do spiritual things. And there are some listening to me right now, and you say, Preacher... I got saved when I was younger, but I backslid. Preacher, I've made a mess of my life. I didn't intend for this to happen, preacher, but I'm an alcoholic. I can't go a day without taking a drink. My life's a wreck, preacher. I've been married four or five times. Will God take me? Preacher, will God take me back? I'm here to tell you today that God will take you back. The only time in the Word of God we have recorded of God running was when the prodigal son came home. And God saw him from a distance and run to him and put his arms around him and loved him. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't care how far away from God you have drifted. If you'll come to Him, truly mean business with God and confess your sin, He will take you back. David, he really made a mess of things. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. Second Samuel 12, verse 7. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee to be the king over Israel. I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom. I gave thee the house of Israel, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. What were those things? They were blessings for sure. But we don't know what those things were because of David's failure. And you say, preacher, I've really messed up. I've made a mess of things. Will God take me back? Yes, he will. 
but there are consequences to your actions. And sin carries a penalty to it. And we don't know what those blessings were that were lost. But let's move on a little further. He said there, 2 Samuel 12, verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. This was not predestined of God. This happened because of sin. It happened because of a choice that David made. The sword shall not depart from thine house. His sin set in motion a course of events that would lead to death. But the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. The little baby that was born to Bathsheba died. One of his sons died because he molested his sister and the other son didn't like it and killed him. Absalom tried to take the kingdom away from David and died in the process. And then when David was on his deathbed, God told him to give the kingdom to Solomon. But David knew when I do this, my other son Adonijah is going to try to come in and take the kingdom. And the end result of that's not going to be good. And it wasn't. Sin is a deadly business, friend. You as a child of God ought to have a fear when it comes to sin. There are consequences. But wait a minute. God took all of that into account before David was even born. He knew that David was going to play the fool. And God didn't violate his free will of choice. But he did take all of that into account. And he still chose David and placed him on the throne of Israel anyway. And I want you to notice here, when Nathan came to David and he was confronted with his sin, David repented and said, Have mercy on me, O God. And the Lord did. And I want you to notice that when Nathan came to David, he didn't say, God has rejected you from being the king over Israel. Get off that throne. He's got somebody else. He didn't do that. He did do Saul that way. That's because Saul had completely rebelled against God. But David truly repented, and God allowed him to stay on the throne. The next thing I want you to notice is this. When Nathan the prophet came to David in the seventh chapter of Second Samuel, he gave to David the greatest word that could ever be given to a human being. That through his family, the Messiah would come. And now Nathan comes to David the second time. And he doesn't come and say, God has changed his mind now because you've done this thing. What God told David the first time, it still holds. I want you to notice that he also didn't say, David, 
because you've done this thing, you can't write any more psalms. He wrote Psalm 51 and 10 others after this ordeal with Bathsheba. Which brings me to one last question. Could it be, since God used this situation with David and Bathsheba, could it be that God predestined this situation between David and Bathsheba and the death of Uriah? No. Whenever sin is involved, it's always the fault of the perpetrator. Sin is not God's fault. God had nothing to do with that. That was David's choice. But it is a lesson for all of us. Hey, look, there ain't a one sitting in here today. There's not a single one listening by radio right now that hasn't failed God since they got saved and have had to go to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I've climbed fool's mountain. I've made a mess of things. Lord, please help me. God can take that bad situation, that mess that you've made, that bookcase that won't hold a book that's all lopsided. God can take it. He can turn it around and He can fix it. He can get you back on track. It is not too late for you today if you're listening to me and you're far away from God, He can take that mess you've made and make it into something beautiful. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4200. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship. Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact Contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 